0: God gave you passions. You need to follow those passions. He gave you those passions for a reason, and you owe it to yourself to follow them and to serve others through your passions. My name is Randy Howell, and you're listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Faith and Fishing podcast, where every episode I'll bring you an interview with a member of the fishing community, and they'll be sharing their faith stories and fishing memories with you. I'm your host, Cam Steele. Hey, y'all! Welcome back to the Faith and Fishing podcast. I don't have uh, I don't have a ton of housekeeping things to go over this episode, other than to say that this episode was made possible by Podmatch. Uh, you may remember me talking about them before. Um, but they are a service that helps podcast hosts and guests connect. Um, I use the free version, and I have to say that I've only had a couple interactions so far, including former guest Robert Shore. uh, But I definitely think it's a nice little tool, Um, and that is how our guest uh, tonight has, uh, has connected with me. So, if you're a podcast host or a guest that might be looking to get connected with somebody, I'll go ahead and leave the link in the show notes because why not, right? Um, so that uh, That's going to do it for the housekeeping stuff. Let's have a couple words from sponsors, and then let's get this week's guest introduced. Savior Outdoors gives me confidence that no matter what happens, what I take on the water is coming back home with me. With retrieval devices for fishing rods, bow fishing bows, action cans, and even one that can be attached to your other gear, they've got your whole arsenal covered. When one of these devices goes in a drink, it releases a float attached to your gear by 60 feet of line so you can get it back. And the pressure sensitive filter means that you don't have to worry about rain or dips in the water while landing a fish at savouroutdoors.com. That's S-A-V-U-R-outdoors.com. You can use promo code FNFP15 to save 15% and try them for yourself. Get Outdoors Pedal & Paddle in Greensboro, North Carolina offers a wide range of products and services designed to help protect the environment and enhance the time people spend enjoying the outdoors. With an expansive year-round inventory of kayaks, sups, bikes, kayak fishing accessories, paddling clothing, biking accessories, and more, Get Outdoors has established itself as one of the top paddle sports and biking shops in the southeast. They also offer a wide range of kayak safety and technique courses to get you comfortable in your new boat. They'll even get it rigged up for you. Stop by the shop in Greensboro, North Carolina, or check them out at shopgetoutdoors.com. So like I said, uh, this episode's guest and I uh, connected through Podmatch. Um, I, I'll be honest, I hadn't looked at Podmatch in a long time, um, and I, I got an, an email notification that I had a message on Podmatch, and I looked, and i was like, no way. I've got a message from Steve Rogers. Captain America is emailing me about coming on the podcast. Um, so y'all may not know that I am a huge nerd whenever it comes to, um, to comic book stuff and, uh, and Marvel and DC and all of that stuff. But yeah, um, so this, this episode, we have uh, Steve Rogers. Uh, he has worked over two decades in every facet of the outdoors industry. Um, he has hosted a nationally aired television show, written over 800 uh, published articles, hit the road as a sales rep, worked outdoors retail, has helped to develop new lures, and he owns Bass Fishing Life uh, Coffee Company, and a video production business focusing on the outdoors industry. Uh, so this should be a fantastic episode. Steve Mann, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I, was, I had just signed up for PodMatch myself, and uh, I was kind of going through it for the first time, and your podcast was the very first one that showed up.
1: That's awesome. Um, yeah, that is awesome. So, um, if I, uh, if I end up calling you cap through this episode, is it going to bother you?
0: (laughs) Nope, not a problem. I have a lot of people do that. Not a problem.
1: Awesome. Well, Steve, uh, to get us started off, man, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, tell us who Steve Rogers is.
0: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, um, like many of you that are, um, listening to this, you know, I'm an avid outdoorsman for a long time, uh, actually got my degree in broadcast communications way back in the pre-internet days. That's how long ago that college trip was. And when we finished up, uh, the outdoor channel was just starting to be a thing back in the day. And uh, my business partner and I decided to put a pilot together. We sent it off to them. And lo and behold, a few weeks later, they called and said, we would like to to pick you up. So... Um, We were on nationally aired for uh, five years. I was the host of that particular show and that was really what kind of kicked me off into more of the professional side of the outdoors, I guess you could say, as opposed to um, the consumer side of it. And when the show ran its course, I had met lots of great people in the industry and they got me in as a sales rep and I sold a lot of the biggest brands in the industry um, traveled all over the country for that and i kind of dabbled around in youtube way back in like 06, 07 when they came out but really since 2019 um, i've really gone pretty serious with that and then a website or blog site as well and uh, i'm working on building those up hopefully eventually to a full-time income and they've grown a lot in the last two years and then i also like you mentioned do video production for outdoors clients um, and I still travel around the country working for manufacturers, uh, mainly now the distributor shows. So like uh, not consumer shows, but, you know, selling to other dealers and retail chains and, and that type of stuff.
1: That is awesome. So um, so kind of um, what is what is the uh, what is the YouTube channel called?
0: Uh, The YouTube channel is just my name. It's Steve Rogers Outdoors. So if you just punch that in, uh, Steve Rogers Outdoors, it'll pop up or Captain America will pop up. So uh, just click on the one that is not the guy that is shredded.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So what happened in 2019 to kind of to kind of um, switch you over to. Uh, and make you you pursue that YouTube stuff a little bit more?
0: Well, it's just, you know, I had really enjoyed television back in the day. And um, YouTube was just something, like I said, when I first started dabbling with it, it was just kind of a neat thing to do. But then the more and more as it grew, I was like, holy cow, there's a lot of creators out here, first of all, in every possible niche and genre you can think of, right? And then there was a lot in the fishing space. And I'm like, you know, I can probably reach more people around the world on a weekly basis with YouTube now than I ever could have when I was on national television. Because back in the day, you had to be subscribed to the outdoor channel. Well, you know, now anybody from sitting on a park bench in an urban setting to, you know, I've got viewers in Australia and Europe and all kinds of places. So that's what really got me back into the game. I wish I never stopped like when i started in 06 because i i keep thinking to myself holy cow I, where i could be you know if i had an additional 13 years under my belt but you know that that's hindsight so really that's kind of what uh kicked it off and being that i've always had an interest in video and you know television and audio it was it was just a natural fit and since i had been on camera for five years before it was just a very easy you know transition
1: and so you, you worked as a, as a sales rep, too, for, mm-hmm. for some, some, of the biggest com, uh, some of the biggest brand names. Uh, so uh, what are some of the, the coolest places that you've been able to go and sell fish and stuff?
0: Well, just as far as coolest places, the first thing that pops in the mind, those probably happened when I was a television show host. Um, I got the fish with Ray Scott, founder of BASS, on his private lake um presidential lake i got to do that which was as you can imagine just amazing i got to fish with um, earl bentz the founder of triton boats i fished with uh, gerald swindle two-time bassmaster angler of the year mark davis angler of the year classic champ um fished against a lot of those guys in the open series back when i did that all the time um so those were some cool name drop type things Uh, But as far as from the sales side of it, it was then really interesting to be selling to your, uh, back in the day, Gander Mountains and, you know, your Bass Pros and Cabela's and the big regional chains and go to their national headquarters or meet them at the big um, industry shows, you know, ICAST and that type of stuff. Uh, A lot of national sales managers for these companies, you know, went to their homes, got to stay with them. Um, A lot of the people in the fishing industry, it's really interesting because the fishing size work, right? So where people would relax would be in a duck blind. (laughs) And so that's where a lot of the business side of the industry was taking place was during those seasons. And then during fishing, you know, because you're always selling way ahead. You know so in july we're already pushing out the product for the next year um so yeah it was it was really neat and a lot of great dealers I small mom and pop shops i got to run across and and work with them but when i was a sales rep a lot of the mom and pop businesses were really starting to close their doors because they were having a hard time competing with you know the big national box stores that were Uh, coming in and those mom and pops that have survived a lot of them added archery and they were able to survive or they really tailored their mom and pop store to the local market Um, and those were the businesses that were able to uh, survive that but yeah i've been blessed to travel the country and be some really amazing places absolutely yeah. a lot of the mom and pop
1: shops here um they kind of cater to the, the, the uh, anglers coming to one specific lake like mm-hmm. you have one that's like right on Falls Lake one that's right on Jordan Lake and you know you can go and fish or you can go and shop there for wherever you're going to fish but what they have in their store is catered to that lake yeah uh, and so they that seems to be like the recipe for success for a lot of them around here so yeah man Um. um I also wanted to ask about the uh, the coffee. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. Coffee so, yeah, a lot of people are interested in that, and especially the name Bass Fishing Life Coffee Company. What in the world is that about, right? Uh, well, my wife works for a small little college in the suburbs of Chicago, North Central College, and she's actually uh, the coffee lab manager. Um, this campus has a coffee lab on campus where the students there are involved in the entire business of coffee from sourcing The beans all the way through the roasting packaging and the marketing process well in 2019 pre covid when he could still travel internationally easily uh, she went to guatemala for the first time and met the families that we literally buy direct from know them they set their own price it's a sustainable wage about twice what they would get if they sold through corporate means and when she came back from that trip she said holy cow steve we have got to do something to create more demand here in the States for their product. Because at that time, only about 20% of the community could sell at that higher rate. So if we sold more product here, more families could, you know, afford care and uh, pay for their kids to go to school, that type of stuff. So that's where it came about. And being that I did a lot in the bass fishing world, we just kind of branded it that way. And it has continued to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. And it's, been amazing to me the pack like our, our three roasts that we have our light roast medium roast and dark roast our crankbait morning bite and buzzbait <laughs> uh, that's what the names of them are and the people that just stop when we work farmers markets or you know message us online when they see our online presences they just love the packaging the branding and the names and uh, a very very high percentage of female customers that I didn't expect. I thought it was going to be a guy thing, um, right. but they will come up and, Oh my gosh, I love morning bite. And that customer race has just continued to grow and to grow. And it's, and it's a win-win because we know the people that it's helping uh, the farm families as well. Matter of fact, I think my, my wife was supposed to go down there again in June, but I think she's going to make a trip down there again in December. So that's how that came about.
1: That is awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Uh, do you have a website for that or? Um, yes.
0: It's a uh, bass fishing life, coffee, But if you just type in the Google bass fishing life coffee, it'll pop right up.
1: Okay. I'll definitely have to have to check that out. Um, it, and the fact that it's, uh, you know, giving, giving the people, you know, a fair wage um, that are, that are, you know, harvesting and all that stuff. That's, that, that's, that's huge. So, um, uh, Really looking forward to to testing that one out. Um, So, yeah, man, uh, kind of give us uh, kind of a quick rundown. What got you started into fishing?
0: Um, Well, like a lot of us, uh, you know, parents, grandparents and stuff, um, you know, first introduced me to it. Um, I did have a family friend. My dad had this really great friend that was named Gordy. And uh, I should say is named Gordy. He's still alive. And we would go out in this tiny little 14-foot boat and some local strip pits, uh, strip mine pits around here. And what really stuck with me, no matter how many trees I got stuck in, you know, and how many times I ripped the hat off his head with the Rapala floating minnow, you know, he always smiled, was always laughing, have a good time. And that pretty much after every trip, he'd open up you know, the giant tackle box. It's got like a million trays on each side, right? You remember those? And he'd say, go ahead and pick a lure. And man, that has just always stuck with me. So that's really when the bug first hit. And then my dad would take me on trips, you know, up towards Canada or, you know, a Lake Erie charter trip or whatever. Um, And it just really grew from there. And then when I realized that, you can make a living fishing, you know, that's when I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, you can, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a tournament angler is one, almost one of the toughest ways to make a living, right? Because entry fees are so high and that type of stuff. Um, but there's so many other ways between working shows and putting out content and doing these types of things that, you know, you can make an income doing what you love to do. And that's where it's really kind of just launched from
1: that absolutely and i haven't gotten a chance to um to really dive into your to your videos yet I've, I've been able to watch a few of them but looking at them it, you strike me as a tackle junkie um, <laughs> i got a
0: lot of tackle
1: <laughs> um, so uh, i uh, i am with you on that one i have i have so many uh so many lures that you know i I, I I never throw because they're not they're not even close to confidence baits for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like to the point where this year I've kind of focused on on learning um, learning new techniques. I've i said you know by the time this year's over with I want finesse and jigs to to be like maybe not necessarily confidence or go to baits but something I am I'm comfortable throwing and can right reach on and yeah, that's, funny. that's why I haven't caught many fish this year so far.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny that you talk about that. Well, one, my channel is very much, it's not vlog style in the sense that, like, I strap on, you know, an action cam and you watch me fish for 30 minutes. It's very, a lot of my videos are four to five minutes, and it's just quick, boom, tips, how-to, lures, techniques. And one of the things that I've really tried to do, if I, I've invested in a really good underwater drone And I spend lots and lots and lots of time getting underwater footage of both lures. And what I find most interesting is I will just spend hours filming bass in their natural environment. And that's what a lot of my viewers keep coming back for is that's something that they just don't see a lot of. Um, And because it's a time thing, you know, I may spend six, seven, eight hours out there on the boat filming underwater and never cast a line because you know i'm trying to see how bass relate to a brush pile or weed edges or you know i spent a year filming uh bass after cold fronts to see where they positioned um that type of stuff so those are the things i try to do in my channel it's funny you mentioned the jigs back i must have been just in college or right out of college this was way back when denny Brower was just tearing it up with a flipping jig Um, you know the Bassmaster circuit now and and I couldn't catch anything on a jig I Spent an entire summer well actually spring summer fall the only lure I had with me was jigs That was it. That's all I was going to use no matter the condition or anything and by the time that year was over it Launched all the way to my confidence bait was the first lure I cashed a check with Uh, so that's funny that you talk about jigs because boy that brings back some memories
1: (laughs) yeah um so my only two lure sponsors are mr b lure company who makes Mm -hmm. uh, who specializes in jigs and uh jay's jigs who specialize in finesse um they do lead free finesse jigs so um i i'm like you know what you guys are going to help me we're gonna figure this out.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, once it clicks, boy, it's awesome. But it's it's a it's it's a learning curve. That's a, that's a tough lure to get comfortable with. But boy, once it clicks, it just phew, just takes off.
1: Well, I am looking forward to the click.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, man, let's let's dive into the face side of things too. So um, kind of you know, in a nutshell, give us. Uh, what it is that you believe in and what's your faith story? What what brought you to believe what it is that you believe in?
0: Well, you know, like many of your listeners and viewers, you know, grew up in the church, you know, going every Sunday, that type of stuff. But oftentimes it's, it's not necessarily that that finally clicks for you, right? That's almost just like a routine, something is what you do on Sunday mornings and you just kind of go through the motions. Well, really for me, the first time that, it really clicked for me is right out of college. Some I helped my dad some with his plumbing business. He was second generation plumber, really wanted me to be a third generation plumber. And so I was still trying to, you know, get some traction in the outdoors thing, but still had to pay some of the bills. And we just had a newborn son. He was one at the time. And I was in a really, really, really bad place mentally. You know, now we would call it mental health, right? But then... You didn't talk about that stuff, you know, right. man up, you know, get through it, toughen up, you know, all that's the way it was treated then. And I was never seeing my son, you know, I'd leave in the morning, he was asleep, I'd come home, he was asleep. And I was really seriously depressed to the point of, I was wondering, is this worth it to go on? Right. right. And that's a scary place to be. And I know there's more people in that place than we realize well, our pastor at the time was going back. I go to a Presbyterian church here in town, and he was going back to the Pittsburgh area where there's a lot of Presbyterian churches, seminaries, this type of stuff. And he was heading back there. So it was his last Sunday. I play trumpet, and he asked me to play his favorite hymn that day, Lift High the Cross. So naturally, since I was asked to do this, I was up in the front of the church in the first pew. And his sermon that day was if you don't love your life change it immediately god gave you passions you need to follow those passions he gave you those passions for a reason and you owe it to yourself to follow them and to serve others through your passions and just the what were the odds that his sermon on his last day it could have been about Memories of the last 10 years, about what's happening next. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of stories he could have talked about, write and preach about, but it was about if you don't love your life every day, change it immediately. And on the way home that day, I had driven separately because I had to be there for uh, early for rehearsal. I literally sobbed all the way home, almost to the point where I couldn't drive. And it was from that point forward that things started to change, what I started to work towards and strive towards change. And, of course, we've all got our ups and downs and, you know, days are better than others, that type of stuff. But that was the defining moment when that, literally that entire sink. It's like nobody else was in the building. It, I, it's hard to describe. It couldn't have been a more direct message. It's like the roof opened up. And it was boom. I mean, I was literally almost just kind of comatose in the front queue. I couldn't believe how it just affected me. And so that was really the big one that I like to share with people, Um, especially the passion part because so many people get up every day, go through the motions, 40 years go by, and they just don't feel fulfilled. You know, because God has given each of us things that we love, but for some reason, and I don't know if it's just kind of in this country and the way we've grown up culturally or if it's this way in other parts of the world, but for some reason, there's this stigma out there, a belief out there that if you're passionate about it, that's probably not something that you can make a living out of. You know, you got work and then what you enjoy. And so I really, really, really try to bust those walls down and let people know that whatever it is you enjoy, you can support yourself with that, and your life is going to be more fulfilling because that's the passion and the love that God gave you.
1: So, um, so I, I I love that. I'm I'm a big pro- proponent of you know I, I was I was a kid who was told you know. Um, uh, it, it's okay to to follow your dreams um, but don't get your hopes up it's okay to follow your dreams but have a backup plan mm-hmm. you know backup plan means an anchor um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, like you you're not going to if, if you have to go all in on your backup plan just to make make money you know that's um, I, I'm I, so I've, I've always been you know I, I was the kid who was like, I always had the lofty goals. You know, I was, I'm going to be an NBA basketball player. Um, because you know, in eighth grade, I was told uh, when I when they measured my growth plate, so I was going to be six seven. Oh wow! Um, I'm the exact same height now as I was in seventh grade. Whenever they measured my growth <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I whenever whenever. That wasn't gonna work out. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna play play music, and I was gonna get get to the point where, you know, I um, I, I was gonna, my band was gonna make it big, and we were gonna play on stage and and, and do that for a living. And um, you know, every time I had one of these these like lofty lofty dreams, I was told, uh, you know, that's not really realistic. You should have you should make sure you have a backup plan. Um, uh, by you know, pretty much every adult in my life, you know, they were like, mm, you know, let's let's make sure that we're being realistic here. And, and so I I've always been a huge proponent of of making sure that I am not ever going to be you know an anchor holding someone back. Um, but I, I wanted to ask, so so your pastor says, you know, if you're not happy um, with your life, change it immediately. What what was your first step whenever you got back home to start changing?
0: Well, it was it was shortly after that that we had yeah, sent in the pilot um, to the Outdoor Channel. So it was really this understanding that you know, okay, other people have got a fish and show on TV, why can't I? So it was really that realization that somebody's going to do it, you know you might as well give it a shot. And so it was, I don't remember how long between those two things that it took uh, to actually come to fruition, but it was really that mindset because same type of thing, you know, I was told, well, you know, we aren't the type of people, you know, our family isn't the type of people that do those things. Those are for other people. Um, And it was really shedding that mindset and, that was the the big thing on the way home that day that I knew I was not going to let myself be held back by that anymore. And so that was the first, first major step.
1: That's awesome. So, um, so where has your your fishing and your faith kind of like become like connected and, and where do they meet and, and intertwine and all of that stuff.
0: So that's a, During my tournament um, years, I started off for five years fishing tournaments in the Ozark region, which was a very, very big circuit down there called Central Pro-Am Association. And a lot of your, a matter of fact, Jason Christie that just won the Classic here, you know, a couple months ago, him and I fished against each other in Grand Lake of the Cherokees. I mean, he fished Central Pro-Am, you know, Mark Davis fished at all these Ozark, Missouri, Arkansas, you know, Oklahoma, guys. They So that's where I cut my teeth. And the Outdoor Channel actually paid all my expenses. So I was able to cut my teeth at zero expense to me, which what a huge blessing that was. Absolutely. Well, When I started doing that and then transitioned into the Bassmaster Opens after that, it was amazing to me how strong a faith community there was there in that tournament scene. Um, we would have, you know, faith meetings and stuff, you know, before the events began and camp Browns and, and, and different things like that. And then a lot of the co-anglers that I would get paired with, invariably sometime throughout the day, the conversation would get to somebody who's going through just a horrible divorce. Or somebody was would just share with me, you know, I don't believe anymore. They're going through a rough time, you know, maybe they lost somebody or whatever. So that was really when I started to, wow, there's a real strong connection here. And part a big part of the Bible and stuff that I read every single day, so much of it is about encouragement, right? Encouraging others, be for there for others, support others and so at the end of every one of my YouTube videos at the end of every one of my blogs I always say make sure and go out and encourage someone today you never know how you may change their life forever I always say that always write that and the number of viewers and the number of people that read my articles that have reached out to me about that is amazing I had one probably a couple weeks ago now um, A viewer that watches my videos constantly just opened up and shared that he called I think he called me a calm soul soul or calming soul or whatever and shared with me that I have helped him get off of opioids and it's like holy cow and obviously you know maybe watching my stuff twice a week he feels like he gets to know me he's a small part of his success of getting off of these things, but I know that I'm reaching people one at a time through this. And that's kind of where I'm putting this this faith and this fishing together. And and on the days when you look at your analytics, right? The biggest trap in the content creator world is analytics and you just get depressed and all that. But then you get somebody like that email you or message you on what an impact. You have made in their life and it's like if I don't accomplish one more thing That was worth it. That absolutely right. There was worth it um And that is where I try to make sure that the faith and the fishing come together and Within my videos and stuff like that, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm thumping all over the head with you know Passages and this type of stuff. I'm just trying to be that encouraging soul on uh, my truck uh, my wrapped vehicle uh, had the Isaiah six eight verse on it, you know. So those things are there. At the end of my blog, I have Isaiah six eight on there. So they're there, and I kind of just leave the door open. And then it's amazing how many people, eventually, when they're ready, choose to step through it and either ask a question or just open up and share something. So it's been. Pretty remarkable. And when I'm having my down days, my depressed days, because I'm upset by numbers, um, I always think about those things. When I actually go back and read some of those comments and stuff that people have reached out to me about. And that just recenters my focus and redirects my focus. And it's in God's time, God's planning, He's got a purpose. And when He feels that I'm ready to, have a little bit larger platform and then a little bit larger platform you'll make sure it happens you know it, it, it's not me and you know maybe if I had two million subscribers right now and 10 million views a month I might not be I'm not maybe now I'm not ready to handle that yet and the impact that could have so I feel like you know we talk about the vine and the branches and getting pruned and you know shaped and all so that's I just feel I'm in that process but that's how I try to um connect the two if that makes sense
1: absolutely yeah man um that's that's something i've been i've been struggling with lately is getting too caught up in numbers and analytics and everything <laughs> it's and so hard i i got kind of in a slump because of it because um, you know i kind of hit this, this this time where i wasn't getting that that uh those numbers that i was looking for and I kind of had to, um, uh, this latest episode that has, has come out, um, at the time of this recording, um, was kind of a roundtable discussion with some other fishing podcasters. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling to find my why right now. What is, what was your why of why you started? What is your why now as to why you keep going? How have those changed? And we kind of had a really awesome discussion on that. Um, but uh, so I, I've kind of that's one of the reasons that I've dropped having the um, uh, the the segments um, and the, the extras and the filler and everything. And, you know, I was kind of basically um, not only was I not really enjoying it, but I was catching myself making it about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the whole point of this podcast was never to be about me. It was to be about you. It was to be about um, anglers coming on, sharing their stories, um, talking about their beliefs. Um, it was to be a platform for to give to give y'all an opportunity to share. And here I was making it about me. So um, I, I, and then you know, add on top of that, you know, maybe maybe that's why the the analytics got as bad as they were is because you know li- maybe listeners were catching on to that and they're like, I don't want to listen to you guys talk about yourself. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, it it it's hard. Like, for example, when I got the call that the television show was done, when they, you know, in five years it was a good run on national TV. I was devastated. But looking at it now through a, a faith lens, through a God lens, God took that away because I was letting it get here. Right. You know, I was getting it too much about me, like you just said. And now all these years later, he's given me the opportunity to do it the way he really intended it to be done. And like you said, it's so easy to get down on the numbers and analytics. And that's when I think about that one person that emailed or the one person that messaged me. And that's my purpose. And I I struggle with it like all content creators do on a regular basis. It's hard to get past that.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, uh, there are there are a couple questions that I've got to make sure that I get to here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ask all of my guests. Um, and um, so I, I always get some really awesome stories from this one. Um, it's my favorite of the podcast. What fishing story or memory means the most to you?
0: Oh, boy. There's a bunch. Um, probably looking you know and i can say you know fishing with so and so in the industry and stuff those are all big things and amazing things but for about the last 10 years um the local ymca has asked me to run their summer fishing camps um that's awesome and through that i mean and don't get me wrong i hate using live bait okay worms i mean my hands stink like worms for two months after one of these camps i mean i hate that but looking back at it now you know through the god lens there are so many kids that have come through this camp Well, first of all it's one of the largest you, you know camps for the local ymca and there have been so many young boys and young girls that come through that camp one that's the only time the entire year that they fish And I don't care if they catch a little, you know, bluegill sunfish this big or they catch a big old catfish or a 10-inch bass. It is impossible not to smile. And they love it so much. So to get them to enjoy being in the outdoors and, you know, moms and grandmas and grandpas and dads are all there taking photos and all this type of stuff. And the fact that, you know, even though I stink like nightcrawlers for decades afterwards that I was able to help facilitate that that's probably one of the now the biggest things that means a lot to me.
1: That's awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so, and uh, another question, this one came from my fishing buddy. Whenever I first started the podcast, I was just kind of, what's a question you've never heard anybody ask on, on any of these other podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever. He was like, Whenever you're out fishing with somebody, what are you talking about? What's your conversation talk, talking about?
0: Um, oh man, that's that's a great question. Well, first of all, whenever the conversation, especially in the tournament scene, when the conversation starts to turn towards the the fairer sex, the opposite sex, you know, the fishing's pretty bad. <laughs> You know, so that's one of the first things when they start talking about girlfriends, wives, that whatever, it's like, well, the fish, the bite must be pretty horrible. So that seems to be a constant factor all the time. Um, but probably um, some of the big things that come up all the time, you know, with sports has always been real big. Uh, I was fishing with a good friend up on the Mississippi River between Wisconsin and Minnesota, and uh, he was... I asked him, you know, since he was right there on the border, I said, "Well, you a Packers fan or a Vikings fan?" And he turned and looked at me, and he goes, "Why would you even ask that?" I was like, "Well, you're right here on the state line." He goes, "That is a hard state line, buddy." (laughs) And of course, he was a Packers fan. Um, But sports, you know, comes up quite a bit. Um, And then, really, the other thing that comes up often was just you know, because I fished with many, 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 many guests, was family. You know, people would be talking about, you know, their kids and reminiscing on old times, this type of stuff. So it, it was just, you know, having all these different guests on over the years was just really amazing to see the human side of people you know, we see the public persona of these classic champions or, you know, all this type of stuff, but they actually just get, I mean, they're just folks like we are. And, uh, so that, that part of it, those are probably the things that came up all the time was the sports and then family.
1: Awesome. All right, man. Well, with all of our guests, we always do a, um, a segment called what's your favorite. Whether you're a Ned rig vet or a finesse fishing noob like me, Jade's Jigs is your source for high quality finesse jigs that raise the bar by being lead free. Using a tin bismuth alloy not only makes Jade's Jigs eco-friendly, it also makes the jig lighter so you get the same profile with less weight for the fish to feel. Check out jadejigs.com, that's jadesjig to see their full lineup of jigs, styles and colors. And since you're a Faith in Fishing listener, you can save 10% on your order by using promo code FNF10 at checkout. If you're looking for a photographer in and around the raleigh north carolina area the one i recommend you go with is summer de salvo whether you're looking for family portraits senior pictures or business headshots summer's got your back she's done family portraits for us and even a kayak photo shoot for me and i have to say she's really fun to work with goes above and beyond to get her shot has a really fast turnaround time and most importantly takes amazing pictures Check out her portfolio and pricing in the all things faith and fission link in the show notes, or go straight there at Desalvo Photography dot That's summer D I S A L V O Photography dot my P I um, X I E S E T dot so we are going to find out what once and for all what are Captain America's favorites in a few different categories here? Okay. So to get it started off, what's your favorite
0: scripture? Uh, my favorite scripture is definitely the Isaiah 6 8, which boil it down in nutshells here I am, Lord. Um, so many times, and like, here I am. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And, you know, use me, use me, use me. So that is definitely the driving force. And when I had put that Isaiah 6 8 on my vehicle, that was there as much as a reminder for me, or probably more of a reminder for me than for any for any other reason. It was just, here I am, open me up to your Holy Spirit, and open me up to use me the way you want to use me.
1: Awesome. What about a particular story from
0: the Bible? Is there one of those that's your favorite? Oh, man, there are so many good ones. Um Probably the first thing, though, when we're talking about the Bible is, you know, when I talk about people that are kind of on that edge, if they're not real sure, you know, when I talk with folks about the Bible and whatnot, it always just cracks me up when they say, well, I don't want to read the Bible because it's full of goody-two-shoes. I'm like, oh, no. No, there's one goody-two-shoes in the entire Bible. It is like the ultimate Netflix drama from one end to the other, right? (laughs) You know, everything you could possibly think of, every horrible thing that you could think of, that society deals with is in there right um but as far as one of my favorite stories i really like jesus talking to the woman at the well you know so here is this this woman that is looked down upon by society she's you know got all these horrible things in her you know past life and the reason i really like that one is because you know i'm not too far away from chicago And when you're walking downtown or whatever, you you know, you see folks that are down and out. And it's so easy to be eyes forward and walk right by. Jesus didn't do that. Right. You know, he did not do that. He would not exclude people based on history and circumstances and all this stuff. And I just really used that particular story to challenge myself, you know, to engage with people that other people would just pass right by. And boy, I still fail miserably at it, okay? Um, One of the big things is we're in a cashless society, right? And, you know, so bad I just want to say, you know, here's five bucks, let's go get some food or a blank, you know, whatever type of stuff. But so often my wallet is empty and that's my fault. You know, I, I need to be better at that and to engage folks that, you know, society has kind of taken a pass on it. And, and because of that story, um, I've been involved with um, prison. I guess you would call it ministry, but it's like an entrepreneurship. Like um, folks that have been imprisoned and are now out and using entrepreneurship to get their life started, start their own businesses, because so many people don't want to employ convicts. And I'm actually um, here in the first part of June going to another prison to meet with a bunch of um, inmates that are ready to get things turned around, about to be released. And we're going to be talking about businesses that they can start so once they get out, you know, they've got something to support their families with. So it's because of that story, you know, the woman at the well that has really pushed me way out of my comfort zone. To try to do some of these things. Absolutely.
1: All right. What is your favorite fish to catch?
0: Uh, it's got to be smallmouth bass by far. I mean, I love largemouth, but don't get me wrong, they tend to give up after just, they're like, oh, I'm caught. Ah, ah that's enough. You know, with a smallmouth, they'll just, man, they'll just give you the stink eye right to the last second.
1: <laughs> yeah. And one day I will experience that. Um, and, uh, Uh, yeah i'm still looking for that first smallie but uh what is a smallmouth your favorite to uh to catch what's your favorite to fish for
0: um as far as just any fish Uh, any fish uh it's definitely probably the smallmouth yep for sure there's just something about them
1: absolutely and is it going to be a three for three what's
0: your favorite fish to eat Ooh, you know what? A lot of people ask me this question. I don't eat just a whole ton of fish, believe it or not. Um, and But if I do eat fish, I find it hard to pass up, you know, going up to the boundary waters or whatever, and that just crystal clean water and the walleye out of there are really good. But it's hard to pass up, you know, good pan fish fried up. I just, you know, I, I just think... You know, there's a lot better fish to eat than, you know, largemouth or smallmouth. They're just kind of almost blah, I guess you would say. But, boy, oh, you know, probably yellow perch coming out of the Great Lakes are my favorite. Okay. Because that's, that's probably my favorite.
1: Okay, absolutely. And uh, since we're talking about food, what's your favorite fishing snack?
0: Ooh, well, it depends if I'm by myself or if my youngest son is with me. So, if I'm by myself, it's and it's this horrible for a snack, but it's got to be chocolate and w- anything chocolate. And even if the boat, if it's melted and just a gooey pile, well, whatever, lick my hands, doesn't matter. But if my <laughs> and squeeze it in <laughs> exactly, but if my uh son is with me, then it's you know, trail mix and uh, Pringles is a big one, and he's a huge fan of uh, bringing some jerky in the boat, which is probably one of the best snacks i've had in the boat if it's up to me it's, it's all bad stuff
1: <laughs> i hear that um all right so i'm not going to ask for you know gps coordinates or secret spots or anything like
0: that but what's your favorite body of water to fish oh boy boy man i've been on some good ones um probably the one i try to go to at least once every single year is the upper mississippi river um the mississippi river has got the reputation as the muddy mississippi right but the upper mississippi river where the big tournaments go out of lacrosse wisconsin all the time is anything but what is farther down towards the southern part of the country that is one of those places where at any time you could have that hundred fish day
1: okay absolutely um and again i'm not gonna try to get you to give away too many secrets but what's your favorite lure to throw
0: Mm. boy oh boy oh boy oh boy i would probably if it's not the jig it's probably gonna be i'm probably gonna have to say the swim jig um when i was fishing first cutting my teeth on the upper mississippi river one of the best swim jig anglers in the world tom Monsuer, lives right there so it's like if you live in that area you throw swim jigs right. and i had many many guests on the show up there that really kind of taught me about the swim jig and how to use it and that's probably accounted for as more fish and the biggest fish that i've caught on a consistent basis has been the swim jig absolutely
1: i do love the swim jig all right so um let see last but not least what is your favorite time of year to fish
0: Mm, you know what i'm probably you know a lot of people get you know all excited about the spring right because you know big fish are moving shallow that type of thing but i'm really partial to fishing in the fall i really really like fishing in the fall and i know it's a feast or famine deal right because you know they're pulling off the bank you know they're or they're going to bait fish more as opposed to crawdads and stuff and there's a lot of searching before you find them but there's something about being outdoors. Well, one, the summer traffic's gone, you know, so I'm very blessed that I can fish anytime during the week. So it's like all of a sudden the lakes and rivers are calm again. It, it's cooling off. I, I hate the heat and humidity. <laughs> I just cannot stand the humidity. Um, so, you know, that's kind of going away. You got the waters all to yourself and the colors are just beautiful. Birds are migrating. I really like fishing in the fall.
1: Absolutely, and you know, being up in Illinois, you're getting ready to start falling, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, well, I was just out in Colorado last week. My youngest son works out at um, the YMCA of the Rockies Nestles Park for the summer. We had snow snow last week, and he had snow again Monday out there, so here it is almost June. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I can't remember if it was
1: earlier this week or the end of last week. We had 100.
0: So, I am not ready for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm never ready for it, man. and I, I I get it so so often during the summer that I, I'm never ready. You never get used to that.
0: Yeah, no, that is hot.
1: All right, man. well, we're gonna start wrapping things up. Um, if you would, let us know what's coming up for for Captain America. I mean Steve Rogers.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, right now I'm uh, in the middle of a bunch of content that I'm getting ready. Uh, to put out so pushing out all kinds of videos and blog articles right now i've been working on the last few days and i've got some you know number goals as far as the amount of content that i want to get out this year so that's you know i'm trying to push myself to get those things out and then my weekends now are very very busy working different farmers markets and stuff doing the bass fishing life coffee so up saturday and sunday you know that's what i'll be doing again this week so um, it's going to be just go, 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 go seven days a week, pretty much until mid October now. Um, so that's, I'm always ready for October to get here. Cause then it's like, whew, can kind of relax. But yeah, I've just, I'm trying to get ahead in my content where I've got, you know, a month ahead of time. So when those unexpected life things happen, you know, you're not stressed out at midnight on a Friday. Oh, I got to get something put out by tomorrow. Um, yeah, so you get that as a content creator.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I want to give you an open floor for you know, uh, sponsor shout-outs. Uh, um, if there's any supporters, anybody want to say thank you to, the floor is yours.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, um, thank you to my family, especially my wife for, you know, allowing somebody <laughs> allowing, but supporting somebody, you know, to pursue this fishing thing. Um, and just keep creating content. And really, one of the big uh, shout outs would be to uh, Strike King and Lose. I've been with Strike King for way over 20 years now. And when I was first getting started in television, they were the first company to not, and this was back when you'd call people, okay? You'd be like, hey, would you like to support somebody that's a nobody and done nothing? Click, you know, that type of thing. Um, they were the first ones to give me a shot, and they have been behind me for, well, over 22 years now, so Absolutely. that would be, yeah, just been a great family.
1: Absolutely, and um, we, we've we talked about it a lot. Um, I want to make sure that uh, you get a chance to plug, uh, you know, YouTube and social media and um, your your blog, website, all of that stuff. Where do people find you?
0: Okay, well, YouTube is super easy, just Steve Rogers Outdoors. Um, I'll pop right up. My uh, article site or blog site is thebassfishinglife.com. And, you know, it's kind of the same as the coffee, coffeecode.com but thebassfishinglife.com. And I have new articles go up there all the time as well. The blog site is more, I would say, beginner to intermediate content where the youtube is definitely beginner clear through advanced it's got a wider range of stuff on there but yeah those are the the two sites that i you know interact with people the most
1: awesome well cat man thank you so much for coming on the show um i have really enjoyed it man
0: and i wish you all the best well thank you so much for doing what you do and tying faith and fishing together and you know hopefully Um, We're impacting lives out there, so thank you for having me on.
1: With 30 years of experience of hand crafting lures under his belt, Mr. B of Mr. B Lure Company is making high quality spinner baits, buzz baits, jigs, underspins, swim blades, and more right here in the U.S. All of his skirts are hand tied and all of his baits feature a baked on powder paint all metal components, and only owner and gamagatsu hooks. All of his baits come in a variety of colors, and if you purchase a bait in the Battleshad color, 30% of the proceeds go to the Wounded Warrior Project. To see the quality for yourself, go to mrblurecompany.com, that's mrblurecompany.com, to place your order, and use promo code Faith the letter in Fish the letter N, pod one X one zero at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Atolus, based out of Charleston, South Carolina, is an eyewear accessory and gear company focused on enhancing your time on the water. Their floating sunglass retainers are the most technically advanced around. Over five years of engineering, testing, and exhaustive feedback from paddlers, anglers, and watermen have resulted in a patented design in a class of its own. They're incredibly light and comfortable, built for durability, sport a sleek, minimal design, float virtually all brands and models of sunglasses, and they're back for life. So if you break them, Atollus will replace them, no questions asked. Whether you're fishing, kayaking, or boating, Atollus will save your shades from the dream. Head on over to atollas.co to check out their gear and use promo code FAITHINFISH15, that's FAITH, the letter N, FISH, the number 1, 5, at checkout to save 15% on your order. Another huge thank you to Steve for coming on the show with me. I'll leave all of his links in the show notes as well as the All Things Faith and Fishing link with all the sponsor links, website, merch store, all that other good stuff. Um, That is going to do it for this episode. Y'all take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Faith and Fishing podcast. Faith in Fishing is produced and hosted by me, Cam Steele, and is sponsored by Jade's Jigs, Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle, Save Your Outdoors, Atollus, and Mr. B. Lure Company. Be sure to give us a rating and a review and to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode. Y'all take care and God bless.